Welcome to the East Westicism Podcast, where our host, Todd Perlmutter, shares the lessons he's learned spending eight years living with gurus, monks, lamas, and shamans across 35 countries and five continents. Join in the journey as he brings the best scientifically proven methods for living your best life from the East and the West straight to you. The path to peace, love, health, and happiness starts here. Welcome, welcome back to our latest edition of Path to Peace with Todd Perlmutter. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today I'm picking up where I last left off from the story of the accidental cowboy guru. After leaving Arizona, going back to New York and getting back into my normal daily life, I had this persistent curiosity to see if there was other people in the world like this cowboy guru I met in Arizona and see if there was some wisdom I could learn and some person I could learn this from. And like many people, I had heard about shamans in South America. And like you, maybe you have heard about, you know, these naked people with loincloths who seem crazy and out of their minds and living in the jungles of South America. I wanted to learn firsthand what these indigenous people knew about, what they understood about nature and why we're here. And when the time came that a friend of mine was going to Chile to stay at her father's house on a lake and asked if I wanted to go, of course, I, I jumped at the opportunity. And I was hoping that we might somehow meet a shaman. I had heard a little bit about shamans. I had heard that they have a heightened sensitivity and awareness of energy and spirits. And they can almost see dimensions we can't see. So I really wanted to see if there was any truth to that. So my friend and I, we pack our bags and we head down to South America. And Chile was just such a beautiful place. One of those places where you've got mountains and ocean and jungles all within 10 minutes of each other. Volcanoes. We got down there. And she called the shaman that she knew, who's a friend of her brother's, who is still living in Chile. But it turns out they just closed down for the winter and they left this little village community area before the weather got too cold. And I was a little upset, but I had heard from some people in Chile that 
you don't find a shaman, they find you when you're ready. So I just had to leave it up to the universe. And we had a great trip. I hiked a volcano in snowshoes with an ice axe so I could get to the snow-capped top and look down and see this active volcano. We had just an incredible time at different beaches and just the most beautiful view of a lake and mountains at her father's place. About two days to go in our trip, she gets a call. The shaman will see us. And so that day, we go for a drive, maybe 45 minutes or an hour. And we get to this narrow flatland in between two mountain ranges in the middle of a forest. There's about five or six cabins in this flatland and a big ceremonial field where they have bonfires and dances and big festivals and ceremonies. But it was pretty much abandoned. And this gentleman greeted us. His name was Nacho. And he had long hair and a beard. He almost looked like a bear. He wasn't naked. <laughs> he didn't wear a loincloth. He was fully clothed in uh, pretty much normal Western clothes, although he had some jewelry and bracelets that were clearly of the indigenous craftspeople. And he welcomed us in and we sat down in a room in the cabin and he told us a little bit about his people and his beliefs. And he did a little shamanic ceremony for us and gave us his blessings. And it was a very beautiful ceremony. Um, on the table was kind of this altar of spiritual artifacts. There was some crystals and incense. There was some fragrances that he would sometimes shake around the table. And he would do this little dance and song and shaking of maracas and sometimes banging on some drums, kind of shaking a big palm leaf in our face as he was blessing us. And, it, and I almost went into a trance. I almost had this mystical experience. I was just so moved by this generosity and love and this beautiful culture. And after this beautiful chanting and this kind of smoke-filled room of incense and other ceremonial fires and rituals, he took us outside to show us around the field. And towards the back of the valley we were in was a huge wide open area with a circle made of large white stones dotting this big circle. And the circle was divided into four quadrants with a rows of stones making a X in the middle. And in the very middle was this huge tree. And it had all these colorful flowing fabrics adorning it, blowing in the wind. And what he told us, I'll never forget, because it's just such 
a beautiful reminder to their people that they live with this wisdom every day and every ceremony reminds them even deeper. He told us that the back of the circle, the south side, represents the past and their ancestors and that the front quadrant represents future generations. The right side or the east signifies mystery and the great unknown and the left or the west represents mother nature and the tree in the middle signifies their heart the heart of these people pointing up to the heavens and he just he told me that um, you know our ancestors live with us every day and we're always grateful to the planet they left us the wisdom they gave us and for making us and we always live with the future generations that have yet to come and we must protect the earth and this knowledge for them we honor the mystery the unknown and so we can live without fear and embrace it and mother nature not just our mother but who we must protect as well and i just thought if every culture could always honor each of these dimensions we would treat the planet and each other a lot differently after looking around the field in this beautiful landscape and being mesmerized by the brightest stars i've ever seen we go back inside and a few more ceremonial practices take place and then he sits next to each one of us and he 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 spoke a few words and i couldn't hear what he said to my friend but he came over to me and he said he looked at me up and down and he said follow your heart let your heart lead and your brain follow and he pointed to my heart and he said it's the boss and i i didn't know if he says that to everybody or just me but that was exactly what i needed to hear at that moment my whole life i was very headstrong very thought focused very analytical did everything by what my brain thought i should do get good grades go to a good college get a good job try to get married you know every step was exactly what we're told and exactly what the brain tells us we should do and i just had a shift in consciousness at that moment 
because at first I didn't really understand what is what is the difference. I really didn't even know there was a difference. But over the next few months, I began to just try to see what felt right. And as I'm sure you can relate, you know, I'm sure you've noticed sometimes our heart tells us what we know we should do, what we know is right. And then our mind thinks about all the reasons we shouldn't do it. And the heart knows, but the mind thinks. And so I began to really listen and really think about what I feel I should be doing with my life, what feels right. And I don't know if it was in this magical place with this magical person, or something else, but something was telling me that there was more to life than what I was experiencing. And I knew I wanted to find out what that was. And the next several months of my life was really exploring what I wanted to do and what I felt in my heart that I knew I needed to do. We said our goodbyes to the shaman after this beautiful ceremony. And in the car on the way back to my friend's house, I asked her what he said to her. And she almost broke down crying while driving. And she said, he told me I needed to stop blocking my feminine energy. And she's like, what do you mean? And the shaman told her, you're blocking your cycle, your feminine sacred energy. And she told him something I didn't know. She told him that she, the birth control she recently switched to blocks your period. And he said, take that device out. It's not good for you. And she told me she didn't really feel right ever since she started doing that. And that as soon as she took it out, um, everything in her life changed. Everything got better. And when you think about it, I mean, that's such an important natural cycle and sign of a, a healthy female body that it would be crazy to try to block that. And there's no judgment here if 
any women use that. Everyone is free to do anything that works for them. Um, and if something's not working, you know, maybe this story helps you think about trying something different. And this was just another one of those moments when, you know, I don't know if he says that to every woman and he just got lucky or if he can really sense something that most of us cannot see or perceive or sense. And it was just another moment in my life that just completely changed what I thought was possible, what I thought could exist in the world. And I, I knew that whatever I did next, it would be to see as much of the magic, inexplicable experiences and wisdom and beauty in the world. My whole life, I was living completely absorbed by the material world, the physical world. And there was nothing else. I was pretty much a complete atheist. And I believed that science was the greatest method of learning and knowledge we had. And I wanted to see what else was out there. Was there anything to these indigenous tribes and their ancient wisdom? Was there anything to these ashrams in India and these monasteries in Asia? Maybe like me, you've heard stories of monks who can fly and gurus who can see the future. And I, I was a skeptic my whole life. I mean, not even a healthy dose of skepticism. I'm talking overdose of skepticism. <laughs> and, you know, I've heard the stories, but I needed to see with my own eyes. And this was... What began to occupy my mind. In the next podcast, I will talk about what I did next, where my heart led me to. But I want to leave you with this. Certain tribes around the world believe that Humans don't have one brain. 
they have three brains. The head, the gut, and the heart. And in these tribes that are aware of these three brains, when they see people from society, they notice that these people are 100% operating from their head brain. Whereas these tribes, maybe 5% or 10% from their head. The rest is intuition and instinct, that gut feeling and that heart knowing. Even the latest science has shown that we have neurons, which are the cells of the brain in our gut and in our heart. We have networks of these neurons throughout all three regions. We have almost 4 billion years of information in our DNA where this knowing, this deep feeling and understanding that cannot be grasped by the brain alone. Our brain is where everything we're told, everything we experience resides. Our hearts and our guts are where four billion years of life on this earth and the knowledge passed on in our genetic codes live. And if we lived with open hearts, trusting our gut, the world would not look like it does today. Homeless people would not be stepped over on the sidewalk. Corporations wouldn't dump pollution into our rivers and streams and oceans. They wouldn't make single-use cheap plastics to save a buck at the expense of our landfills and oceans where they will last for tens of thousands of years. We would live in a global community based on love, respect, and dignity rather than exploitation and individualism. And so I just want to leave you with what the shaman told me. Follow your heart. Let it lead and let your head follow. It's the boss. Thank you so much for listening. Check out the Accidental Guru Cowboy podcast if you missed that. And tune in next time where I'll talk about where my journey goes from there. Thank you so much again. Like, subscribe, 
Give five stars. Give six if you can. (laughs) And until next time. You were listening to the East Westicism podcast. Be sure to visit us at eastwesticism.org to join the conversation and receive enlightening emails. Until next time.